You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation, and welcome to another episode of The World in My Eyes, where I get the opportunity to share with you all those crazy voices in my head and what they're saying on a regular basis. Now, we've spent such a great deal of time really getting to know each other very intimately, but in case you're new to the show, I am the naughty mistress with the mostest, the melodic goddess, and the deviant diva, naughty Nicole Delacroix. And before I jump into today's episode, topic, I do want to remind all you naughty little listeners out there that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing still every single day. We've got a brand new website, so make sure that you've got it bookmarked, and make sure that you're checking out all the fascinating and provocative shows on our website. Don't forget, we've got so much more great talk radio on its way to you, so make sure you're checking back in with us daily, because I promise you this, you do not want to miss what's coming up next. And hey, are you a budding podcaster yourself? Do you think you have what it takes to join the Renegade Talk Radio Network? Well, then head on over to the website and sign up to show Richie what you've got. Richie will show you how to do things right, and guess what? If you do have the right stuff, he'll even put you on Renegade. But if you're in the mood for some hot-ass tunes, then don't forget we still got Sky Pilot Radio playing the best damn music of all time. All right, that's enough of that. Let's jump into today's topic, my little heathens, because I promise you this is going to be a big one, because I am pissed. So hopefully you're going to hold on tight, because I like it when you hold me tight. That's right. (laughs) All right. On today's episode of The World in My Eyes, oh my fucking goodness, heathens, I've got a bone that I have been chewing on for quite a while now, and I have brought it up on on other episodes very briefly. But I'm back to talk about the fucking celebutards and their fucking movements. Oh, the movements. Hashtag me too and time's up. And really, the truth of the matter is, the only movement that you can truly count on is, well, a bowel movement. And I'm sorry to say, but that's where both of these movements need to go, in my opinion. But before I start getting into that, I do want to make it very clear that I do not under any circumstance, condone sexual assault, rape, or harassment. I am not victim-blaming, and I'm not slut-shaming. I want to have a conversation, and guess what? I do have some things that you may not like hearing, but we're going to say them anyways. But as a woman who has been assaulted, harassed, and victimized, I'm not standing around or joining your fucking movement to be a victim again. No one male or female or any variation thereof, has the right to touch you, harm you, or use words to keep you down. I don't need to label myself or use some fucking hashtag to join the bandwagon to know and see what's wrong and speak out about it. So, unless you've been living on an island somewhere or your alien pals just kind of brought you back from your yearly anal probe, you're probably aware about the newest, latest, greatest celebutard movements. Although, side note, what happened to last year's Why Are the Oscars So White campaign? Because I really want to know what happened to that. Anyways, if you're not already aware, then, well, run. Run far, run fast, and don't stop running. There's hope for you, so save yourself. The rest of us are totally royally screwed, but save yourself. All right. 
The evil behavior of Harvey Weinstein, in other words, goes far beyond the Hollywood casting couch. For women, monsters are everywhere. In this hostile world that women face, we are now told Weinsteins lurk around every single corner. And the only people who could possibly save us? That's right, A-list actresses who couldn't even call the cops when it happened to them. But they've started a fun drive, and that's going to fix everything, don't you know? So I checked out the movements because, you know, hey, that's what I do. And I was fired from a job because I rudely pointed out that the man with seven years less experience than me was making $10,000 more a year than I was. I have documentation, and I have no money, and the lawyers won't help me. So I got a recommendation from Time's Up because, well, Time's Up, and I have a valid case. What I got was a referral to an attorney who would give me a free assessment. What the fuck? I happen to look him up, and guess what? His first consultation is already free. So, what did you actually do for me? So, I go to see him, and he tells me that he's going to need a $5,000 retainer just to take my case. And by the way, there's no guarantee. So, I politely point out to him that I was referred by the Time's Up site, and he said, yes, the consultation is free, but there's no guarantee that they're going to pay for my case. So, wait, let me get this straight. I get a free consultation, which I could have gotten anyways, and there's no help for women like me? What happened to that $20 million you guys collected? Wasn't that to help women just like me? Or was that to pay for more stupid-ass pins and buttons that help absolutely nobody? Okay, so what exactly are you doing for women like me? I see a bunch of resources, most of which are located on other sites and attached to other articles, so really all you've done is make a website and give women false hopes and raise funds. Oh, and yes, you do raise funds. See, it actually took me three requests to get that lawyer's name, but I've actually received seven emails from you guys asking me for money. Seriously? Asking me for fucking money. Fuck me running, ladies. So the reports are saying that the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund is making solid progress, something that my own personal experience doesn't seem to support. But according to reports, the National Women's Law Center in Washington, D.C. is fielding the considerable admin matching applicants with lawyers who can offer them free advice stating that they have received more than 2,700 requests for assistance from every state in the United States, but apparently not Georgia, because Georgia isn't in the United States, apparently, because I didn't get any fucking help. Supposedly, this fund is prioritizing cases involving low-wage workers, hello, women in non-traditional jobs, hello, hello, People of color, okay, that one I can't do because I only have two colors, that's pasty white and lobster red. LBQTQ people, okay, I will say I'm a lesbian if it's going to get me some help. Because, you know, I've I've experimented, but, you know, I wouldn't go that route because, you know, that's not fair to the, LB, the LGBTQ people because they got enough problems. They don't need people like me lying about it. 
and people facing legal retaliation because they dared to speak out about harassment. Oh yeah, again, my experience proves this false. I was a woman making low wages in a typically male-dominated field. Not only did I get did I not get any funding, but I've been blackballed from working in that field because of this narcissistic douchebag that I worked for. But it's going great, guys. But has the Me Too movement even helped any survivors seek any kind of support? So the report state from October to December of 2017, calls to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network rose by 23% compared with the same period in 2016. Some abuse survivors have cited the Me Too movement as a stressful influence, saying it resurfaced the pain of their abuse. Others have reported feeling less alone, saying that it encouraged them to address past trauma by talking to loved ones, counselors, or people with similar experiences. So, One in Six is a Los Angeles-based nonprofit group that supports male sex abuse survivors. Because you know what, ladies? You can't just talk about yourself. You got to talk about the men, too. And that group, they saw a 110% increase in web traffic and a 103% increase in the use of online helpline services between September and October of 2017. And that trend continues. So in that, at least you guys are getting the word out there. So I'm going to give you kudos for that. But in my opinion, when it comes to the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, the narratives are overwhelmingly disturbing. There doesn't seem to be any gray area, and there's no degrees of separation. A cat call on the street is painted with the same brush as a full-on rape charge, and it's fucking insane. When people have to ask if there are actually women who have never been sexually harassed, and people actually believe that this is the case, oh my fucking god, people. Well, here's something for you. I'm not going to say hashtag me too. That's right. I'm not. I refuse. In a world that is overrun with predatory men, I've had good male teachers, good male bosses, and even great male friends. And what's more, they are actually normal human beings with fully functional empathy sensors and are in complete command of every basic human emotion. And you know what? Not every woman lives in absolute fear every single day that they're going to be or become a victim. But guess what? This is our fucking lives now. Men can't even ask out a woman because guess what? If it's a bad date, that's sexual harassment. Are you kidding me? And in this candy-ass unicorn special snowflake world, we can't for one second talk about personal responsibility because as we know, that is a particular unicorn that just doesn't exist. No, nope, can't go hunting for it. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. We have to be politically correct and beat it out of every human being because the celebutards will tell us how to live now. That's right. They're going to tell us how to run our lives. That's right. When the ridiculous social media juggernaut mushrooms that even the Huffington Post says the social media campaign is, of course, intended as a wake-up call for men. If every woman you know has been harassed or assaulted, then every man you know has likely made a woman feel unsafe. Holy fuckballs, people! Did you hear that? Every man you know has likely made a woman feel unsafe. That is complete idiocy. And more to the point, simply untrue and completely unfair. 
But this is the message strategy of these two movements. It's not an individual problem. It's a systemic one. There are no two sides and personal responsibility. That doesn't even factor into it. What does factor? You know what it is? Patriarchy and its system of oppression in action. Oh my fucking God. I just can't even with the stupid on this one. No, I just can't. I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I need a moment. <sighs> Women are saying there are truly no such thing as a good or a bad guy. And they claim that our culture raises men with toxic ideals about masculinity. But no one looks at the flip side of that and talks about the toxic ideals of femininity. Why is it all right to bash the men, but don't once point out what the women did wrong? Well, I'll have no more of this feminazi bullshit. I'm done. I'm asking those questions. Do I believe that these women were harassed and groped and possibly raped? Yes, I believe some of that shit happened. Absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm pretty sure most of it is probably true. Do I believe that these men are pigs and should be made to pay for their crimes? Absolutely, absolutely. I they absolutely should be paying for their crimes over and over again. But here's what I don't like about these stories: one, why is a 16-year-old actress going to a grown-ass man's hotel room for an audition on her own? Yeah, I'm gonna go with where the fuck are your parents on that one? Is the man a predator? Yeah, probably. But you should have enough sense not to go to a hotel alone when you're 16. And if you don't, you're fucking stupid. Because even at 14, I knew not to go to some man's hotel room because I was pretty sure I was going to get raped. Yeah, if you're too stupid to not know that, then I can't help you. Two, for the women who didn't report the crime and instead held out for what this man could possibly do for your career... Well, if it happened, you chose to take the money, and you don't get to cry about it now because your career is tanked. By the way, it feels like the only reason that some of these women are coming out of the woodworks is because this is yet another failed attempt at jump-starting their failing careers. And I'm sorry, that's kind of what it feels like. Three, you've heard the stories about this particular man. Why, oh fucking why, are you going to meet him in a hotel? I don't give a fuck what he can do for your career. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Four. And this one, I cannot stress enough. If you're dating a guy, and you guys are pretty serious, you know, spending nights with each other, dating, going out, he's spending money on you, you're spending money on him, you guys are having sex, and he asks you for a blowjob, Get the fuck over it. Either do it or don't. He's not a predator. He's your fucking boyfriend looking for a blowy. Either do it or don't. You don't get to call it harassment simply because he's famous. Shit. I'd blow him and I'm not even dating him. Get over the fact that guys like blowjobs. At least he was polite enough to ask you for one and didn't push your head down there. I hate when that fucking happens. Number five. A bad date does not equal sexual harassment. Oh, my fucking double crap. If you've never been on a date, then please, oh, please, do not procreate. Please. We have enough stupid people in this world. Lastly, if the only reason you hashtag me too or time's up is because you're desperate to get people's attention for your show, career, music, etc., so on and so forth, then you are sad and pathetic. 
Please do not date or procreate either. Please see my previous comments on why. In an ideal world, I would hope that these movements would actually help people speak up and fight back. I would hope that it encourages both men and women to stand out and call out perpetrators by name. Sadly, some people would rather cast stones at all men and cast all women as victims. That sure is a lot easier, isn't it, huh? Unfortunately, it does the opposite of good. Okay, my lovelies, I'm going to calm down a little bit and I'm going to go and find myself another soapbox so that I can jump on it while we visit with our sponsors and maybe check out a little bit of music. You are still listening to The World in My Eyes. I am still Naughty Nicole, and this is still Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta. So, my Renegade Nation, meet me back here after the break. And welcome back, Renegade Nation. If you're just tuning in, well, this is the world in my eyes. I am Naughty Nicole, and today I am losing my fucking mind talking about the movement that never seems to go away. Hashtag me too. And as we come back, I like to be clear that I understand that there is solace for some people in the solidarity of this campaign, in making their experiences public. I, of course, do not begrudge you that, not in the least, but one of the things that I find frustrating about speaking about sexual abuse is that you are expected to play your personal history as some kind of fucking trump card. If I object to a sexist joke, I'm a feminazi. Until I explain my position, then I'm some kind of delicate flower who needs protecting and patronizing. There doesn't seem to be any room in the dialogue for an impersonal, non-narrative criticism of the culture, and it's beyond frustrating for women like me. Now, this is not to suggest there is any power in being silent about our own individual experiences. Anyone who knows me well enough knows that I have written publicly about some of the most painful parts of my life. Do I regret it? Not in the least. Do I think that there was a wider benefit to what I did? Mm, probably not. I'm really not sure. What I took away from the experience of speaking out was that people, even kind people, are horrified and fearful when it comes to speaking about the realities of abuse. They are often unable to bear a straight conversation about it. People compel you to talk and then find themselves incapable of looking you in the eye when you do so. The other experience was that strange feeling of my own past traumas being consumed far too eagerly. And I relived some of this when I was consuming the Weinstein revelations myself with something not unlike excitement, reading the details, listening with horrified fascination to the recorded audio of him coercing a woman he had assaulted. It's natural, this inclination to want to know, but... It's still disgusting and distasteful, and the zeal with which we absorb the horror is frightening. The problem, really, with all of it, is how violently present the victim is forced to be in this narrative, and how utterly passive the perpetrators are. The problem is not that women have trouble considering themselves victims of sexual violence, but that men have trouble considering themselves the aggressors. Indeed, it is difficult for all of us to accept how many of the men we know may have committed acts of sexual aggression. 
This is why the words witch hunt get bandied around at times, because it does seem crazy when you start pointing it all out. It really seems beyond belief, really, that so many men have been implicated, because people conflate sexual violence with evil. They don't identify themselves or their friends as part of the problem. Because these acts are specific and contextual, and not always as cinematic as we expect them to be. And there are reasons why they happen, little justifications and excuses to be fed to ourselves. There are always going to be reasons. But awareness of the scale of abuse does not address the problems. The simple fact is, we have no idea how to address them. They are unimaginably ingrained in the foundations of our society. The condition of being sexually oppressed is the condition of womanhood itself. It's been this way since the beginning of time. But I don't spend my day-to-day existence considering my sexual traumas or being afraid. But nonetheless, the climate of sexual oppression shaped the basic building blocks of who I came to be and what's happened to me in my life. There's no person unaffected by patriarchal sexual oppression because the culture itself is built upon it. In the real world, where we actually live, it is of course necessary to take practical steps to prevent attacks and to enable reporting to to ensure that abusers face appropriate punitive measures both legal and socials. These things make an actual tangible difference to the lives of women. But I believe we need to see the bigger picture and allow the criticisms to weigh up, weigh up against those allegations. So I kind of went in search for some celebutards because, you know, we got a lot of people that lean to the left. And lo and behold, I found some that had opposition. I was really surprised to find the likes of Matt Damon, Liam Neeson, New York Times opinion writer Barry Weiss, who generally skew left. And they've actually spoken critically about the hashtag MeToo movement. So here are some of the ones that I found, and I found them kind of surprising, and I thought I'd share them with you to see how you guys feel about them. So first up is Michael Haneke. He's an Austrian director of acclaimed films like Funny Games, Amour, and The White Ribbon. And he came out hard, no pun intended, against the hashtag MeToo movement and called it a witch hunt that should be left in the Middle Ages, quote, While the filmmaker allowed in an interview with Courier that any form of rape or coercion is punishable, he slammed the notion that accused serial predators like Kevin Spacey have lost their jobs based on the word of accusers. And I think he says it best when he said this, Any shitstorm that even comes out on the forums of serious online news outlets after such revelations poisons the social climate, and this makes every argument on this very important subject even more difficult. The malignancy that hits you on the internet often stifles us. The new Puritanism imbued with the hatred of men that comes across in the wake of the hashtag MeToo movement is troubling, and you know what? I think he might be right. So, of course, I have to go to somebody that I love to hate. And then I hate to love him. But Bill Maher. I love you, man. Seriously. Oh, I love you so much. But you are such a fucking misogynist. But we know that about you. And you know what? We love you anyway. So, it's fine. 
real-time host Bill Maher lashed out at fucking fragile millennials for the existence of hashtag MeToo, as if survivors of other generations aren't also fed up with sexual harassment and abuse. But it's not that Maher doesn't believe accusers, he just doesn't act as though it's a big deal. Rightfully calling for equanimity when it comes to believing Donald Trump's multiple accusers and then quipping that married men harass women in the workplace because, quote unquote, they have shitty sex lives. In a segment with New York Times opinion writer Barry Weiss, a millennial that, well, Bill seems to agree with, Bill also spoke out about how men who have not experienced harassment are being asked to listen at the current juncture rather than share their thoughts on something of which they have no experience in. He even defended Matt Damon, who was skewered for speaking out and saying that distinctions need to be made between, made between harassment and rape, as if survivors aren't capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time. Okay, some of them aren't, but seriously, you know what? We came up with the whole Damon-splaining because he's mansplaining to the nth degree. My personal favorite were the 100 French women. Because, you know, when you got to talk sexual harassment, the French have to be involved, and thank God the women spoke up. Actress Catherine Deneuve was among 100 French women, artists, academics, and business professionals who signed a letter in January that denounced the hashtag MeToo movement for going too far. While the letter published in the French publication Le Monde allowed that rape is, in fact, a crime, it accused hashtag MeToo of being a threat the signatories allege that men's freedoms to pester is indispensable to sexual freedom. Rape is a crime, but insistent or clumsy flirting is not an offense, nor is gallantry macho aggression, the letter read. The French women also slammed hashtag MeToo for its predilection for believing survivors without allowing the accused the chance to defend themselves, and that's kind of where they won me over. They wrote that swift justice had claimed its own victims in forcing men to resign when all they did wrong was touch a knee. And that's my biggest complaint, is that, you know what, you have people who are making these accusations, and yet they have absolutely no evidence that any of this has happened. And most of it is pretty benign in, in its flavor. Now, admittedly, there are some bad cases out there. Yes, there have been rapes and there has been assault, but you know what? When a guy asks you out and he asks you out a couple of times, you know what? That is just clumsy flirting. And honestly, if you're not telling him, no, I'm not interested in you and I will never be interested in you, it's not his fault. He thinks he has a chance. Men are dumb that way. Get over it, women. And of course, you know, we have to bring up Matt Damon because he's got such a habit of putting his own two cents where he'd be better off just listening so much that we did come up with the term Damon-splaining that has sprung up in response to his predilection for weighing in on issues about which he has absolutely no expertise. On Popcorn with Peter Travers back in December, Damon called the hashtag MeToo a watershed moment for women who feel empowered to speak out against abuse, while also noting that the country is in a culture of outrage. Then he couldn't help but Damon-splain that harassment and abuse should be viewed on a spectrum. Oh, Matt, shut up, please. One of my personal favorites, once again, Margaret Atwood. And of those people, if you don't know who Margaret Atwood is, I'm going to tell you. Because of all the people who have questioned the hashtag MeToo movement, she's the most surprising. She is an author, 
and you've probably even heard of her work if you don't know who she is. Her most famous novel, The Handmaid's Tale, is about a dystopian future under a fascist patriarchy under which women have been reduced to the viability of their reproductive organs. Now, the book has reemerged as one of the most important texts during this, the Trump years. But back in January, Margaret Atwood published an article in her native country, Canada's Globe and Mail, in which she asserted that the hashtag MeToo arose out of an ineffectual legal system in which survivors of assault were not given their day in court. And she wrote, and I quote, The hashtag MeToo movement, I'm sorry, moment, is a symptom of a broken legal system. All too frequently, women and other sexual abuse complainants couldn't get a fair hearing through institutions, including corporate structures, so they used a new tool, the Internet. Stars fell from the skies. This has been very effective and has been seen as a massive wake-up call. But what next? The legal system can be fixed, or our society could dispose of it. Institutions, corporations, and workplaces can house clean, or they can expect more stars to fall, and also a few asteroids. <laughs> I like the way she put that, asteroids. Atwood warned of the urge to rush to judgment about the accused without due process by saying, but understandable and temporary vig vigilante justice can morph into a culturally solidified lynch mob habit in which the available mode of justice is thrown out the window and extra legal power structures are put into place and maintained. She continued to write, in times of extremes, extremists win. Their ideology becomes a religion. Anyone who doesn't puppet their view is seen as an apostate, a heretic, or a traitor. And they, the moderates in the middle are basically annihilated. And I think she said it best. We can't go to extremes. We need to speak to the middle, and we need to find a solution, and we need to find it together. We can't do it with this constant bitching at each other. Lastly, we had Liam Neeson, who I absolutely love. And once again, much like Matt Damon, he does need to shut up sometimes. But actor Liam Neeson did call the Me Too movement a bit of a witch hunt on Ireland's The Late Late Show. In reference to accused men like Dustin Hoffman, who Neeson said committed only minor offenses, despite the revolution the revelation that Hoffman allegedly exposed himself to his daughter's teenage friend years ago. Yeah. Like most others who've spoken about the hashtag MeToo movement, Neeson condescended to su survivors of harassment to emphasize the distinction that rape and harassment are not the same thing. Really? Because I don't think we know that. Can you tell us that a few more times there, buddy? There are some famous people being suddenly accused of touching some girl's knee or something, and then suddenly they've been dropped out from their program, Neeson said. Which brings me to the latest celebs to fight the backlash. Henry Cavill and Lindsay Lohan. So Henry Cavill, you'll know from Superman and Lindsay Ho Lohan, you'll know from like every bar that she's ever gotten drunk in. And she's cleaned up. So I'm going to give her that. So innocently enough, Superman, which is Henry Cavill, and I'm just going to call him Superman, says he's frightened of dating in this day and age because he might be labeled a predator. Well, did you hear me? Seriously? Did you hear that? Super fucking man is scared to date. This is what the Me Too movement has done. Is Henry Cavill a predator? No, from all accounts, he's a really nice guy who enjoys quiet dates and tries to keep his private life private. 
So he made the statement, and not less than 24 hours later, he's been bullied by so many women that he's now apologizing for even voicing an opinion. Which, by the way, doesn't change his opinion. He's now twice as scared to fucking date people. But Henry, I'm telling you, honey, if you need a date, I'm available. Just give me a call, baby. Which brings us back to Lindsay Lohan. Now, she made comments much like my very own. And that that there seems to be some deals to be made if you claim assault is what she's going with. This isn't to say it didn't happen. You know, the abuse may have happened, but it does beg to question why you waited so long to say something. Oh, that's right. You held on to that because your failing career needs a boost. Last of all, I do want to touch on Chris Hardwick. No, I don't want to touch you, Chris. I just want to touch on Chris Hardwick. There were comments that were made, not naming him directly because that would be defamation of character. But he stepped aside. He allowed people to investigate, to which the person that made the allegations didn't even want to participate in. He's then cleared and reinstated, and that same person is going on and on about how they stand by what they said. Okay, that's fine. Stand by what you said. First of all, you didn't name him, which isn't fair. He went through the entire investigation, which wasn't fair. And if he is a predator, then why not participate in the investigation? Pull out your evidence and be done with it. Oh, that's right. You haven't gotten a call for your own reality show yet. Is that what it is? And that's what bugs me about all of this. Every woman who is assaulted has a right to justice. There is nothing in that that promises you a career, a job, a show, a spot in a movie, or even a paycheck. If that's the only reason that you're coming forward, then you're actually worse than these men. Why? Because you would allow them to harm, harass, and even rape another woman when you had the power to stop it. But it wasn't good for your career. Think about that for a minute. And with that, we've come to the end of our episode. And I do thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me because I would love to hear from you. And I know I've probably pissed a few of you off, so bring it on. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com on Twitter at at Nicole Delacroix, or via email at NaughtyNicoleRenegadeTalk at gmail.com. And on that note, that's all the time that I have for you today. I do want to thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta, and also remind you not to forget to tune in next time. And just one more reminder, this is the start of a conversation. Conversations are both ways, and we have to listen to the things that we don't want to listen to, to be a part of the conversation. And remember this. No is a complete sentence. It doesn't require justification or explanation. Until then, well, I'll see you next time, my precious little people. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.